You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, everyone. Hello. That's right. I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Today, we'll be talking about continuous transformation and how organizations can stay on top of the changes that are happening in our IT world. So with me today is Andre Christ. He's the CEO and co-founder of a company called Lean IX. Welcome, Andre. Good to see you. Thank you, David. A pleasure to be here with you. Great. Appreciate your time. So let's talk about Lean IX uh, right out of the gate. So that stands for Lean Information Exchange. How'd you come up with that name? Yeah, look, David, we founded LeanIX more than 10 years ago now. And that was um, after a time where I had worked together with my co-founder in a large logistics company. And we had seen the difficulties large organizations have with keeping the information flowing in an organization to take effective, effective decisions. So it's been a key topic and theme that when you start a project, you, for example, launch a new product in a market, or you want to reorganize something, often the information to take proper decisions were not at the right places. And what we've seen is that specifically in the IT management area, that always you had those projects going on, which did like the discovery of the as-is state again. Yeah. So always when you do something new, you need to do an as-is stock taking. And this wastes a lot of time. And what we also saw in some of the approaches at the time was that instead of just looking at the information you really need for taking a decision, people were gathering a lot and lot of information, which was then get, getting outdated. So this was really driving us and saying like, we need to change this and come up with an approach which is much leaner, much more focused on the business outcome, the decision, and get away from upfront, like collecting data and more to like, how do we turn this into decision taken and action taking? So this was how we how we started the idea with uh, founding LeanIX. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, I know we were talking uh, just before we came on the air about uh, your, your background in uh, enterprise architecture. And uh, so one of the things I wanted to ask you, I mean, this is something that's been around a, a very long time. Uh, but we're seeing changes there. And, and maybe you can dive into a little bit about what those kinds of changes are and how you're kind of evolving that to make it more modern and, and more in line with uh, what the world is today. Yeah, the discipline of enterprise architecture goes back many, many years, uh, probably more in the 80s when uh, frameworks were developed to describe the landscape. Um, and of course, We've seen is like always you have those hype cycles of expectations towards this new discipline that this now changes everything. And I think it was no different with enterprise architecture. Companies expected that with enterprise architecture, they get a better business and IT alignment. They get more effective in decision taking. They allocate their investments in IT in a much better way. However, with all those expectations and excitements, we saw that more frameworks were developed, more disciplines were created. And it was at a point of time, and I was even like also observing this, that companies were more busy with talking about frameworks and methods than thinking about like, how can they improve the situation in specific use cases? So while the interest was like, how do we actually map out our IT, our processes, our organization, our business, in like multiple dimensions, a lot of people like 
put a lot of effort in developing those methods. And what we've seen is that there was then coming up a time where the output or the results of enterprise architecture were like not really meeting the demands. And so at that point in time, people had started saying like, okay, those guys in the ivory tower, they are talking more their methods and less about how can you drive us forward in introducing and um, in, in, in improving stuff. And I remember my time when I, when I was in a project introducing like the iPhone uh, in in uh, in the company I worked for, so it was almost like um, it. You, you saw that this you are often very much in a reactive mode in IT and also in enterprise architecture if you are behind the curve and if you're not upfront of the curve. Yeah, so um, people were very really, very stuck with like rules and um, and policies and so on instead of thinking about how can you best leverage um, the the introduction of the iPhone to speed up the business success. And I think, so this, this thing has changed um, over the 14 years I'm now observing this from, I think, more um, a, a discipline focused on methods and frameworks and so on versus like a strong focus on how can you produce an outcome and a result with enterprise architecture, make it much more leaner, pragmatic, and also less of an expert discipline and more of a discipline actually involving multiple people in the organization. Is this a bit of our theme, um, helping organizations really move move into that into that mode, value generating instead of like being very like, yeah, inward centric with their uh, enterprise architecture? Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I know you talk about lean and continuous transformation. Uh, one of the things that goes along with that, of course, is is uh, uh, being agile. The businesses need to be able to uh, be ready for changes that are coming down the pike and things like that. So in looking back at enterprise architecture, uh, is this still kind of a standalone discipline or is it now uh, something that you see that needs to be integrated with some of these other disciplines to uh, help organizations get to that point where they can be uh, ready for any kind of changes coming down the pike? Yeah, I believe what you're saying is, is spot on. The factor that today you are also in an architecture world in a less waterfall approach, um, and, and many companies are making the move from a project mindset more to a product mindset, so less you analyze the as-is, set up a project, and then you've reached the new to-be state. Things are becoming more like seamless and more iterative in all areas. So this agile approach, which we know from software development, I think gets also applied on the IT management discipline um, as, um, uh, as, as such. So, and in light of that, I believe there's also a strong push for, it's not a standalone discipline because there's change and, and continuous change happening all the time. You need to make sure that it's well aligned with the adjacent disciplines. So for example, very much since the beginning we started LinaX, we seeked for tight integration with the business process modeling and management discipline. So you cannot actually uh, think about processes independent of looking at your, your architecture state and vice versa as one factor. The other area which I think is like converging is you cannot like look at enterprise architecture and IT service management in a separated way. So it's important to make sure if you take decisions on like standard technologies or standard applications, that this is reflected well in your IT service management processes. And there are a couple of more of those disciplines, for example, IT finance management. Um, it's, a, it's also a topic which has grown over the last 10 years a lot. 
So the bill of IT, um, the question on like, how do you create the cost for a service? It's, you do not do this separated from enterprise architecture because in order to come up with your service cost, with your bill of IT, you need to make sure that you have a common language you can base this on. Yeah. So, and by that, you see, there's a number of adjacent categories or disciplines which need to be much more integrated with enterprise architecture and vice versa, especially because it's no longer that you come up with the target architecture by the end of the year, once in a year, and then you're going forward for, for another year. But things are going more iteratively and incremental. And therefore, this continuous alignment with the different disciplines is crucial. And by the way, it also ensures that you don't talk in silos in an organization. So less silos, um, better communication um, about the same goals and opportunities. No, absolutely. That's for sure. Now, systems have just become so much more complex than they were in the 80s when the notion of enterprise architecture was first uh, you know, laid out there. So, you know, how does that change everything? You know, now that we're, as you said, you know, we're in a cloud world, things have to integrate seamlessly. You have so many systems going on, talking to other systems, API explosions, data explosions, all these kinds of things. So how does all that play into what organizations need to do to keep a handle on, on the enterprise and, and make sure that their architecture is staying up to date and meeting all these new challenges? Yes, I think if you... Approach it again from the outcome perspective, then there's, I, I would call it the, the magic triangle. So companies want to deliver products and solutions for um, the, the minimum of cost, the maximum of quality, and the highest like flexibility or agility. So, but what we know today is that actually the underlying or the hidden factors in that is often the software complexity influencing influencing that. So it's a bit like if you if you have the picture of the of an iceberg so often what you see on the surface is like probably a number of applications a number of interfaces what we do what you don't see like uh, be, be below the tip of the iceberg is the all the underlying complexity like how are all those apis connected to each other which microservices do i have in which domain um, which of those services must is, is like the the main maintainer for the for a specific master data object like a customer or employee and i think what gets clearer and clearer not only to it leaders but to business leaders that software complexity is actually an influencing factor on this magic triangle for business success so and also what I think we've seen, some of the cloud services have demonstrated us, there's a lot of commodity today where you can do scalable services in the cloud and so on. The magic is in how you put together all those services, how you, how you put them together in a, in a way that you don't create additional software complexity, which is hard to manage. So that's why I think there's been a whole shift that granularity is going up quick. Um, then commodity is is no longer the biggest issue, but how you put those commodity services uh, to each other and how do you drive down software complexity to actually optimize those um, those factors of the magic triangle. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I noticed that you mentioned uh, things like uh, people shifting from um, projects to products and talking about uh, business and IT alignment. Uh, a lot of that sounds like the language of uh, value stream management that uh, has 
uh, you know, kind of burst onto the scene, at least in terms of software development and IT over the last three, three and a half years or so. So what are you seeing about that, um, that initiative, uh, you know, of, of value stream management and how that might tie into enterprise architecture and also how businesses can kind of shift that mindset to thinking more about business outcomes than uh, just uh, using a framework. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think um, first of all, it's probably allow me the remark. I think we're in IT are incredibly good to invent new, new methods, new topics like always. So I think it's always important to really closely look at what is it actually helping with and what's the problem we're solving. And I think specifically around value streams, we have to distinguish two big areas. The one is, if you look at value stream mapping, um, that is a discipline which actually goes back to like um, supply chain and, and shop floors, where you actually map out the physical value stream and the information value stream you have in order to kind of optimize optimize the, the, the throughput and the flow uh, you have. So if you would look, go into a factory, you can do value stream mapping with a pen and a paper and map this out. And this, this idea has actually been transferred now into two things. The one is into value stream mapping of business processes. So you want to understand how is your value stream organized? So how is also your throughput? So when, when do you actually need to provide information through this? How fast is this traveling and how fast are also the goods traveling? And then on the other hand side, this idea has been applied to building digital products. And this is what we what, what is in the industry now called value stream management. So a lot around this idea of um, digital product development. So your product teams who build software products uh, for, for the business, they are actually more and more under pressure to demonstrate what is their throughput? How do they contribute to delivering value for the business? How fast is a requirement actually like going from requirement to resolution um, or a bug ticket, how fast can you deploy, uh, can you resolve that? So I think it's important to differentiate those two concepts. With Lina X, we're actually tackling both topics. The one topic for us is more um, a part of enterprise architecture management and business process management. Um, so where um, you actually think about how your landscape is supporting the value streams, the business value streams in a company. The other topic is for us, how we're making sure that software development organizations keep transparency about the products they're building, the services they're building, and how efficient and effective they are with that. And um, so I believe um, with the trend that more and more companies are increasing the number of software developers, the importance of digital products grow, value stream management is increasingly uh, interesting to understand are we becoming more efficient and effective in building digital products? Right. And not only that, but being more effective to deliver things that customers want. Absolutely. And, and I think, look, look, yeah, I mean, David, look at the world we're in. There are so many tools and data sources today um, and the need for companies to have it actually a more integrated view along the value stream. So from requirement over agile software development to actually downstream the support and the customer satisfaction. Yeah. So today this lives in so many fragmented solutions, which is good because I mean, you, you, you are autonomously building that, but it's hard for, for teams and leaders in, um, in, in, in product teams to actually understand 
like how good are we actually? Are we on track? Yeah, or are we are we actually uh, building and, and building fast, but we're not delivering any value with it? Yeah. So and and this is this is what value stream management is um, is actually going to solve. Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, Andre, Chris, thanks so much for being with us on the What the Dev podcast. Uh, always good to speak with you and appreciate your time. Thank you so much. A pleasure. Okay. And thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, Dave Rubenstein here, Editor-in-Chief of SD Times, saying so long for now.